Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Pre-Game Effect Podcast. My name is Ian, and I am joined today by Dom. How's it going, buddy? What up, what up, what up? Uh, Luke was unavailable today. Um, turns out packing up a baby for a trip out of town is a lot of work. So <laughs> he's busy with that today, so it's just going to be the two of us. Yeah, good luck to him with travels and uh, the child. Yeah. <laughs> Cue Mandalorian music. <laughs> um, but so uh what you been doing lately though bud uh well um besides getting over a uh, a little cold here that decided to spring up on me so apologize ahead of time if um my voice sounds a little weird but i just think it sounds deeper and sexier you know so exactly. we're getting a little mtg asmr uh pregame effect after dark hey um not a whole lot i got to play some legacy last tuesday at uh one of our lgs's they did their monthly uh, full proxy and I decided to switch from eight mulch back to the red green lands. Pretty stock list. Um, it ran pretty well for me. I beat Ruby Storm, drew with elves in round two, lost to uh, Mono Green Post, which was my first time playing it with that, with just red green lands, which I don't think is a great matchup at all anyway. And then I, who did I play in the last round? Uh, you played against Doomsday. Yeah, I played against Doomsday and beat Doomsday with lands. That was wild. Yeah, because like going into the event, if you were told <laughs> that you're going to be playing against Doomsday and Ruby Storm, and those are going to be your two wins, yeah, you would not have believed them. Yeah, yeah, that was that was wild. Um, definitely have to get used to playing some of these cards again um had small misplays against ruby storm but they didn't matter and against elves my sequencing may have been off slightly um but i i don't know i i was curious we, we were uh, my elves opponent and i were talking about it afterwards I don't think that's a great matchup for me. Like I have to find Tabernacle and then start killing their things, which is kind of like a non-bow as well, because mm -hmm. if they have a bunch of things, they shouldn't, they might not be able to pay for it. So, uh, and on their side, I feel like they could just get to like turn three and kill me. Yeah. So and it doesn't help either that they can just play a Tabernacle or you play a Tabernacle and they just have a cradle in play yeah and then just tap one land to counter yours yeah uh so there there was one point in there where they had had like seven creatures out and i was able to start looping a punishing fire two to three times a turn um so i really started getting that going and i was like okay i was targeting the certain one the particular ones first heritage druid allosaur shepherds um and i was like all right they have one turn and if they have it they have it and they were able to uh natural order and i'm like all right cool i just i was getting ready to scoop it up i had one game one this was game two and i'm like well dom make make sure they have uh crater hoof like because if if it is crater hoof i'm dead and they go searching and i was gonna say if it's hoof just show me and we'll go we'll go to the next game and they pull out progenitus and i'm like whoa all right let me look here all right so if i i have a turn and a draw to get a make a 2020 and i win all right cool let's 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 try and go and then wasn't able to make that one uh we went into game three with I think five minutes and they sideboarded into a mid-range deck, which I think is very smart on their part. Um, I know I can win in that time because I can just make a 2020 very fast at time, hmm. uh, but we didn't get there. So that was okay. Yeah. They also um, need to kill you though. So it's kind of weird to me that they didn't just like 
they they said they were playing for the draw and it was like okay okay like i guess that's fair but also but they're still playing a deck that can also kill you on turn two or three exactly and that that was my my thinking as well like we could just go for it and it's one of those things where they boarded and that took away like a minute (laughs) to us playing to go into mid-range to play for the draw where we could have just shuffled up presented let's go and now we have you know four minutes four minutes right and do this. faster decks exactly yeah. yeah so i mean it is what it is i i've, I've definitely played towards draws before I'm, i mean i i understand it in certain certain points yeah trust um, me as a control player been there yeah <laughs> been there so um yeah and then against post i never really felt in a good spot Mm-hmm. uh i i like started to and then yeah things just completely fell apart there they were just uh they had like the double double pithy needle into Beseju into caracas and i was like yeah that's yeah. that's fine yeah you did uh and i was even playing a version that runs a field of the dead so like that was also a win con i had mm-hmm. but at that point they were able to loop uh Kozilek, the original Kozilek, yep. and i was like yeah this is that's fine you'll, um, you'll get there before i will yeah like i i can't make four permanents to sacrifice and like five i guess to then block and all that whatever yeah so and then in, in do, addition to dealing with them drawing four cards a turn exactly yeah um and then yeah, against Doomsday, uh, I really like the endurance main. And that's mm-hmm. what I gotta say. Because I looked at my hand and saw one of them in a crop rotate or two crop rotates. And I was like, all right, cool. Like this works. Um thinking that I can crop rotate into a land that helps me, but then I remembered that that doesn't really do anything against Doomsday, uh, but especially the version I was playing against. And I was like, well, I can at least get this endurance out and try and get that going and then i drew the second one and we got to the point where i had three mana and i was like oh yeah this is cool yeah ambush viper attack yeah yeah so they played doomsday i let them do their thing they did their next turn drew a card uh fetched so there was only three in there they played their thassa's oracle and with that on the stack, I've cast an endurance targeting them. So they had one card left. And then I think they drew, they had a second Thassa's Oracle. Mm-hmm. So they played that next turn, but I was able to cast my other endurance and kill their other stuff to where I, they had like one more. Mm-hmm. So it just worked out there. And then in game two i went for a turn one on the draw uh sphere of resistance they forced it which they were questioning afterwards because that was kind of the only thing they had but i'm like i think you have to because you want they have the ability to draw a lot of cards that can draw you into more cards and keep doing your thing and if i'm really just trying to slam that you know i i think that was totally the call um but after that i was able to get a turn two or turn three 2020 mm-hmm. and they just weren't able to draw into stuff and it's like if i don't if i can't make that um merit lage then i think we we play into that mid game which they're very heavily favored um but yeah so that, that was kind of wild so it was cool that was fun and then played a little bit of pauper friday night i think yes yes it was friday night uh played my boros against the uh gruel cascade and that is not a matchup for me at all so i switched <laughs> over to mono black control and that deck is also fun as hell, turns out. So I'm I know my my cousin Colin, who does our uh our music for us here in our editing, 
um used to play magic kind of you know stepped aside but still still looks at things he sent me a video of a, a popper deck the other day he was like this looks pretty cool and i was like we got him let's reel him back in got him booked so uh well he's i mean for something like that yeah okay 50 bucks then you have it mm-hmm. we can you know mess around with some poppers so i am uh i am down on that but that's at least what i've been doing with that department was walking around a little bit side note walking around a little bit today for some reason went to target i always look at the cards and i was like man i got this sudden urge to re-download uh pokemon tcg player Hmm. and i was like oh man but I, i haven't even looked up haven't even looked up decks haven't looked up anything if there was something fun to play and i was like i just have an urge to do this like no i I can't blame you like when like (laughs) quarantine was like at its peak yeah um i was playing a little bit of the pokemon tcg because one it was something else to do and two just having another game to distract me from you know, unemployment was nice. Fair. Yeah. Um, and it was super cheap to get into as well. Because mm-hmm. you just buy pack codes and then you either open them or trade them on there. Yeah. Um, but I was getting pack codes from, I can't even remember the website, but like some of the newer packs were like maybe like 75 cents each for the new packs. Mm-hmm. But then you go like two or three sets back and they're like a dime each. Yeah. And they were still like decent currency. So you're trading all these packs for the cards you want. I had the meta built for like $150, $200. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like I ended up just kind of getting bored with it after a bit because, like, same reason that I stopped playing Hearthstone, same reason I stopped playing Arena. Like, when you can't win and get something out of it, like a lot of the competitive side of me doesn't care anymore. Yeah. Um, luckily, I was able to find somebody willing to get into the game. So I ended up trading all of the cards that I had from like the meta on the uh, Pokemon TCG stuff and ended up just getting cash for it. Hey. So. That's perfect. Yeah, it worked out. Yeah, I think the way when I played it before, I was playing Rainbow Roads. This was a while ago. Mm-hmm. And I got into it because I was like, this deck is dope. That's that's the deck I want to play, and I'm gonna have fun with it. So like, exactly like you said, yeah, the competitiveness, like what was I playing towards? Maybe some other cards and stuff, but I use it as like a time sink. You know, if I'm playing against someone and they played, I think the, at the time it was a, uh, if they played a, like a Vioplume, there was like a turbo Vioplume deck and they would get that out there. And you, they, I think the ability was they couldn't use trainer cards or anything. Uh, I would just leave I'd forfeit because yeah. my deck was fully built on using these trainer cards and stuff. And people would kind of get like, I mean, there wasn't really much of a chat at all or anything. But I would, I joined like one of these Facebook groups and I would just tell people, yeah, like if I'm in a matchup that like is really, really bad in this situation, I just quit. That's fine. I don't care. Mm. Because for me to sit there and try and play through this, especially not with a game that's like not interacting with anything, like, okay, I might take one or two draws and then like, yeah, that's fine. I'll, uh, I'll move on with my life and I'm okay with this because the same thing like I talk about with arena. What am I playing towards on arena? I'm not trying to grind mythic or whatever, a tournament or something that's going to be on there. So I want to make some goblins, turn them sideways and see people's faces blow up. And when they board wipe, I'm like, all right, cool. You got it. I quit. That's fine. Like, and I could be, people can say I'm a shit red player or something, or, you know, just like a, a douchey aggro. And it's like, I mean, you get your win. You got to cast some cards. Like I'm literally just sitting here. Like, this is what I want to do. Now there's other times where I build a deck that I want to like, you know, play a mid range or something, but 
you are the you are the kind of player who will i have seen you build the fastest aggro deck that will kill on turn two or three and then the engine deck that gets online turn 25 yeah and you are just as happy playing either one of those two yeah and it's not a range that a lot of people have (laughs) well it's it it, it it does when i look at the decks that i play i'm like yeah this shit's kind of ridiculous like why how did i get into some of these that i'm looking at you know <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense to me but then it's also kind of a bitch because i'm sitting here i'm like man i, I want to play this deck i want to play this one i want to play yeah. this and i should just play online but i don't know <laughs> yeah that, that's always the problem with me anymore it's because like it's the downside of having so many friends who play magic i know people who play like almost every single deck in modern legacy and even pioneer now mm-hmm. so it's like going into a tournament you know you always have the oh what do i play for this event and for most people it's like oh do i play deck a or deck b mm-hmm. or maybe if they're like super familiar with the format they'll go into like deck c yeah but I mean, how many times have me and you sat down? I'm trying to figure out what I'm playing, and I'm like, okay, do I play A, B, C, D, all the way down to Y? And the only reason I'm not playing Z is because we don't have two tabernacles in the group. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's just really having, like, that big range is a blessing and a curse. Because you can be handed anything and be happy playing it, but you can be handed anything. It's like, well, now what do I get handed? Yeah. <laughs> I know, like, someone talked about that with me the other day. And, uh, yeah, I was just like, I mean, I, I like I like the way these things work, you know? I, I, and I'm, it's even to the point, too, where I'll be like, something like um, Lantern Control. Mm. the thought of lantern control i hate the deck hate it but when it functions i think the functionality of the deck i think is really cool yeah i think it's i think it's super cool i hate it because kind of the same reason that we've talked about before on here and me and you have talked about a lot on with recording or not recording is that control players give control players a bad name control decks a bad name because some of them play so slow and stuff and the same thing with lantern when that came out i mean that thing was a pain in the ass i hated mm-hmm. playing against it but like if someone plays with enough like pace okay cool yeah sure if i have like one or two outs what well, i guess what's my percentage if you have everything set up okay yeah you got it that's fine mm-hmm. you know i i think the functionality because of, <laughs> or like the function of it is you know when this is in place this is in place this is in place then you can start really churning that gets that engine moving mm-hmm. i think it's very interesting at least intriguing um but yes you won't see me playing it um even though i would try and play with pace you know because mm-hmm. when i get ready for a deck or if even if i played the deck a bunch i sit there and, and try and goldfish it a little bit to keep up the pace because i want to be respectful to my opponent yeah, you, you want to not only look like you know what you're doing but also play quickly enough to finish a match of magic. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I do not like draws. And how, but I will take them. Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, I'll, I'll take it if my other option is losing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'd rather play through the draw bracket in a tournament than concede to my opponent just because I asked mm-hmm. But you know. Yeah. That was uh, playing Popper a couple months ago. I was 3 0, had to play down. And playing against mono black control, my opponent was just slow as hell. And I'm like, oh my God. I won game one, they won game two. We go into game three. And I was playing with enough pace. And I look over and there's there's like seven minutes left. We're just starting. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, Dom, you don't need to win this. Yeah. You're the, I was the only 3 0. I'm, you know, I'm if I if we draw, just play towards the draw. All right, cool. So I sat there and then was able to calm down, take a couple breaths. My heart rate dropped a little bit, and we were able to push through, get that draw, still take first place. Yep. Like $60 credit in a pauper tournament. Yeah. Hilarious. <clears throat> and that turned into D&D minis. So there we go. 
And those, I don't think you can call them minis. They're, they're bigotures. <clears throat> they are very the, bigotures. Because uh, Lord of the Rings stuff would call them. Those things are dope. But... Yeah, because <laughs> for anybody who has played D&D in the past, um, Dom recently picked up a bunch of giants, which, like, the normal character you're thinking of for a D&D miniature is five to six feet tall. Uh, the one that he introduced us to a couple weeks ago was 28 feet tall. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, um, just about. These things are huge. Yeah. <laughs> like, they are like a monster can with legs. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. But gigantic. It was, it was funny to see uh, the party kind of like shit talking them. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I got the minis. So here's this. And then we just stopped. We got a lot more respect for it. Yeah, I was like, all right, yeah, that works. That works. That was fun. <laughs> uh, but hey, that's what I've been doing. What about you, Ian? What have you been up to? <laughs> uh, so I also was playing Legacy last week at that hey. event. Um, I changed things up a little bit um because my buddy dan wanted to play something different so he borrowed doomsday because samantha wasn't playing because she's been working on playing naya depths mm-hmm. um well dan is usually a painter player so there was a nice beautiful painter 75 sitting right there that i didn't have to like buy anything to play so yeah hell yeah i'll play painter i love the deck it's always like Goblin Welder has always been one of my favorite cards. It's just I could never bring myself to buy the cards to build Painter mm-hmm. because you know it's it's one of those decks where the cards go in that deck and nothing else. Yeah, and I was always building into other decks, so it was just something I never got around to, but it's something I've always enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And I actually ended up going four and zero with Painter on Tuesday. Um, played against Mono Red Prison in round one. Um, game one, he played turn one to Trinisir into a Blood Moon and killed my Urza Saga that I had in play, and I just I couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Game two, I had like quick combo on the play, like killed him on turn three. Game three, he goes turn one on the play, Chalice on one. Turn two, Chalice on two. I have no spells in my hand that I can cast at the moment. But he's not doing anything because he blew all his resources to go double chalice. So I make a token with my saga, make another token, get a shadow spear. Um, Just attack him, attack him. He plays a simian spirit guide as a blocker. I top deck my fourth mana source and I cast a twin shot sniper to kill it and buff my tokens. Amazing. And then just attack for lethal. <laughs> so it's like I literally cast one spell. And it was a four drop common from, yeah. or sorry, uncommon from oh, the yeah. standard set. Please. It's like, this is a weird game, but I liked it. Yeah. Th- those are super fun when you have to, like, you know, this, this is one of those reasons that this card is in that deck. Mm-hmm. It was pretty yeah. sweet. It's like getting, <laughs> getting to the point where it's like, all right, time for plan F. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I played against that. I played against eight cast, which is a hilariously good matchup. Um, because he's got a bunch of random artifacts that don't do anything, mm-hmm. and then a bunch of random artifacts that do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so you just use your welders to flip them. Fair. Um, I was stone raining him several turns in a row because I was turning his artifact lands into extra mox opals. Mm-hmm. Um, I paid four mana to turn a Kappa Cannoneer into a Mox Oval. I felt pretty good. That's a great trade in your, your department. <laughs> um, but it's like I hid behind a bridge because I was playing four bridges in the 75 for this painter list. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I was being that guy. Like, you, you don't get to kill me. Um, but yeah, I was just like sitting behind like double bridge against the guy who had one Odawara in his deck. Mm. And it's like, yeah. We're, we're just going to wait. Got um, to play against taxes in round three. And like 
this guy's a solid taxes player, um, but he just never really did anything relevant. Um, pretty much got to the point where in both games one and two, I was able to just assemble combo and then just wait. Yeah. Like pretty much made it so that in response to him doing something, I'd kill him. Or if like I waited another like two, three turns, I could kill him in response to killing him. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of just backed him into a corner that he had no way out of. Yeah. Uh, and then I got to play against Nia Depths in round three. Um, he had one game where he just like turned two to 2020 and I just didn't draw my bridge. Yeah. Um, but then the other games, it was just like, okay, I'm going to threaten to combo and you're going to have to spend the next four turns holding up three or four mana to either hold up a endurance or a force of vigor. <laughs> and I'm just going to wait until I can do it twice in one turn mm-hmm. and ended up doing that. So, I mean, um, turns out what is the, is the red only for like blasts of the board? For Naya Depths, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's basically just main deck, it's red green, nether reliquary, Sylvan Libraries, all that stuff. Um, you're just trying to grind out your opponent, make a 2020. Um, but otherwise you're just playing a like just a decent Naya mid-range deck. Mm-hmm. Um, you get Elvish Reclaimers that can just attack your opponent out of nowhere. You get a decent green zones package. Yeah. I, mean, um, I meant just like what the red was for. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm just because I was, I was clicking on a few of them and I've only really seen those blasts on the board. I didn't know if there was something special I was missing, but I mean, it works. You know, yeah. It the, the other, like solid. Yeah. The other benefit of having the red is you just get to prismatic ending for an extra color. That's fair. But it's Turns not. Out. It's obviously not difficult when you're playing a Mox Diamond deck anyway. Also also true, yeah. Turns uh, out. Um, I found out in my Doomsday matchup why Besaju says target opponent because I wanted to use it on my own Mox Diamond when they cast Meltdown, mm-hmm. which would have been real cool, but alas, uh, you can't do that. So Yeah, that would have been too good, probably. Yeah, that would have been real, real sweet. So... Uh, so that's gonna okay. you my flagstones. Yeah. Or like uh yeah, let me just get rid of this random land to get out from underneath this blood moon and keep right. going. <laughs> um I have a quick question before we get into these things. You talked about eight cast. Yeah. I had someone had a little discussion with them. I think it was my Ruby Storm opponent that they believed that eight casts is just like the flavor of the week. That's what they described it as. And I said, well, that's interesting because it's like, since it's started coming around, it stayed one of the best decks for a few months now. So I don't think that's the correct title we can use for it. Um, Yeah. It's it's still the third most popular deck in the meta for the last 30 days. And over the last 365, it is the fifth most popular. Yeah. Um, My thoughts are, I mean, I think the deck's, it's not going to go anywhere. I think it's just going to maybe like an ebb and flow kind of a thing. It'll Mm -hmm. it'll drop back. It'll come back up. Um, I think it's going to be one of those decks that it gets better, the better Chalice is. mm -hmm. Because it's still just a deck where you just want to go turn one Chalice on one, play a couple zero drops. Yeah, and then just take over a game. That's fair. Um, but it still does powerful things, mm-hmm. but they're a lot more powerful when there's a chalice stopping your opponent from winning the game. Mm-hmm. So, like, Let's if you're going to be yeah. playing into a room full of like death and taxes, lands, and like cloud post, it's like, yeah, I don't want to play a cast at all. Mm-hmm. But if you're going into a room full of Delver, like yeah yeah 100 playing so game. i mean yeah if we look at this in the past 30 days it's saying delvers at 28.1 then it makes 100 sense that they cast is up there mm-hmm. it's interesting to see dress guy control popping back up yeah i feel like that's been kind of taken up and i don't think that's those aren't like the soup decks either it's like a true just guy control dropping jaces for the wandered emperor mm-hmm. yeah like so. there's been some builds that have been playing 
like the Narset Days Undoing package and playing Hull Breachers and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that have been popping up more often are still playing like maybe one Days Undoing, mm-hmm. but like Wandering Emperor is a hell of a card. Yeah. Like, it's extremely good. I need to, uh, I was looking at a couple four color lists that were running one of those. So, mm-hmm. of course, where we're at, Legacy's all proxy, and I'm sitting here thinking about just buying them and then figuring out because I think the card's just good enough. Yeah. To where if I see a good price, just jump on it and be done with it because push comes to shove, I could probably sell it at that price. Because um, yeah, it's, it's, it's already has a. Uh, I can guarantee there's at least one person in our friend group looking to buy a minimum of three of them. Uh, and he may be talking right now. So weird. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, I think that's cool. Is this the deck that I was thinking of? No, it's not. Okay. Uh, yeah. Cause I, I want to try, I need to proxy up and try one of those four color loam lists again i miss uh dark confidant i want to mm-hmm. play it so green sun zenith as well because those uh the decks just look super dope they look so goddamn cool there's there's the one four color with blue four color non-blue um the, the planeswalker really package cool. in the four color non-blue one just looks so good it's like what seven one one of planeswalkers yeah, uh, I will. I think I sent it to you, so I'll look that up real quick. And it is uh, one Grist, the Hunger Tide, Kaya, Orzov, Usurper, one Obnixilus, the Adversary, one Minsk, Imbu, Timeless Heroes, one Wandering Emperor. And I'm like, yeah. That's uh, that's dope. It also plays Maddening Hex, which is I haven't played it yet, but it's it's becoming one of my favorite cards ever. So yeah, and I had never heard of this card until you showed me a list. So you might want to explain what it is. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. Basically, uh, one red red, I believe, uh, enchantment. It enters you enchant target player, and every time they cast a non-creature spell, you roll a d6. And it deals that much damage to them. I'm pretty yeah, and sure. Then, and then if you're playing in multiplayer, oh, yeah, it attaches yeah. to a random other opponent, but you don't have any other opponents, so it just yeah. stays there. Yeah. So so yeah, if you're playing uh, against, cool. you know, Storm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, opponent, on average, you're going to take three and a half every time you cast a spell. Mm-hmm. Go. <laughs> Fun, fun, fun. Absolutely. Yeah, I've died to enough Eidolons when playing combo decks. That's a scarier Eidolon because I can't bolt it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the uh, enchantment rule can still hit it, though. So there's that. True. <laughs> you gotta look at the bright side, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's legacy. Like, it doesn't matter how old the format is. Like, with eight cash popping up in the last year and a half it's like you still get all these decks that just show up Mm -hmm. and i think that's something that a lot of people don't really appreciate about the format because everybody it's like hell even in vintage it's like a lot of decks are yeah it's the same core because why would you not play you know recall time walk power tinker Mm -hmm. all that stuff but the tools that they're playing with around those have been evolving for a long time like Bolus's Citadel is a thing. Yeah. Like it's a meme in every other format, but it kills people in vintage. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, usually on the spot. <laughs> it's great. Great stuff. Uh, but yeah, other than playing Legacy on Tuesday, um, I've just been applying for jobs still, you know, yeah. trying to get out from under unemployment. Fair enough. Let's get a little plan, keeping it going. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> well, I say good luck with that search as uh, as you continue. Appreciate. Got to make sure you find something right for you. Yeah, it's like if I wanted to just get a random job, like 
let's be honest, I can walk into almost any kitchen in the area and they're hiring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but trying to avoid that if possible. For sure. Understandable. Um, but yeah, other than that, been looking forward to some other events coming up. Yeah. Um, we've mentioned it a little bit in the past, but uh, regional championship qualifier season is upon us. Um, so today is June 29th. So RCQ season starts in a whopping three days. Mm-hmm. Um, the the way that this works for anybody who isn't familiar, um, every store is able to run one RCQ. Uh, the premium stores can run two. And then the winner of each event qualifies for DreamHack Atlanta in November. Mm-hmm. These events can be standard, sealed, modern, or pioneer. Um, I have a list sitting here of all of the RCQs that are currently announced for every shop within 120 miles of my house. There is one that is sealed, shockingly zero that are standard, and the rest of them are all modern and pioneer. Makes sense. Like, you know, bring in the people that actually will play the formats instead of have to build a standard deck in order to play a tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Unless you could like port it to just doing it on arena. <laughs> Which would be kind of interesting, not gonna mm-hmm. lie. Yeah, I think it'd be kind of cool, but you know, God, we can't we can't handle having a different animation or something for a goddamn card. So true. Figure that out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the the one that I'm actually going to be playing in this weekend is a pioneer event. Right. Um, so I get to dip back into that format. Um, not it, it's not like I've been out for long. It's been like three weeks since I've played it. Yeah. It's um, been 84 years. But yeah, it's like the, the format is still adapting. Mm-hmm. Um because like when the last time I played it, it was first weekend with no expressive iteration, no Winota. Yeah. But there are still a lot of decks that are showing up that are just brand new that nobody was playing before. Yeah. Um, Humans is making a comeback, whether in the mono white, green, white, bant, or four color versions. Um, I know Doomwake was playing a four color humans deck uh, a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, featuring Pyre of Heroes, uh, okay. which is just the tribal birthing pod for two mana. That has always been a card that I want to do well because I played birthing pod for a long, 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 long time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like the aggressive decks are coming back um, because you're not limited to just playing Winota if you want to play aggro. Yeah. That's good. Um, there's like the Boros Heroic deck is actually making a big comeback. Uh, Mono Red is big. Uh, Mono Blue Spirits is being a lot bigger now. Mm-hmm. And there's just so much that's just open. Like, because normally when you're looking at like MTG Goldfish and you'll see that there's, oh, there's an Is It Phoenix and it is it uh thing in the ice and is it control and it's like oh these are all the same deck and it's just like four cards different so it put to a different spot Mm -hmm. there's not really anything like that with the current metagame like it's not until you get down to the 14th yeah it's like the 14th deck is where you get the second blue red deck yeah for a long time before that, it was like, oh, yeah, it's second and fourth and eighth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of gets just very, like, repetitive. Yeah. Uh, but now it's like there's a, there's a lot of decks that are showing up on here that never were around when I was messing around with the format, mm-hmm. like, initially before the, uh, before the band. Yeah. Like there's a lot more aggressive decks running around, whether it's the white X aura decks or just the heroic decks. Um, all these linear decks are just starting to show up. 
Um, Dredgeless Dredge made an appearance for the first time, and I don't know how long. I'm listening. Um, <laughs> so this one is basically just a self-mill deck. You mm-hmm. get Haunted Dead, Silver Smoke Ghouls, Prized Amalgams, Narcomivas, and then just a bunch of random random like mill spells, bunch of idiots that you just bring back. Yeah. Um, Gurmag Angler. Love that card. Yeah. I, I'm down. But yeah, it's just like the meta is super open, which makes it simultaneously easy for me to make a decision on what to play for the weekend. Just run back blue white. Yeah. But it's also difficult because if I am going to be playing this control deck, it's like, okay, how much of my list do I dedicate to beating the aggro decks? How much yeah. do I dedicate to the mid-range decks? Because, yeah, a lot of the answers are same. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter how many random big creatures my opponent has or how many little creatures they have. If I resolve the Supreme Verdict, it usually goes well. Mm-hmm. But how do I get to four mana without being dead on board? Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm playing against like the Esper Greasefang deck. My random one and two drop removal might not get there all the time. But then I'm playing against Mono Red and it's like, oh, sweet. I'm glad I have these portable holes. Yeah, very so true. It's, I'm probably going to run back the same 95 that I played in Lansing. Yeah, Maybe a tweak or two in the sideboard. But I feel like it was a decent spot for like what am I boarding out in these matchups first what I have to board in mm-hmm. um, it also kind of helps that I'm expecting the meta at this event to be kind of soft yeah because um, this was not a well advertised event I'll be honest mm-hmm. um, if Samantha wasn't going I wouldn't know about it yeah uh, they didn't announce a prize pool. Okay. Uh, I actually had to message. Uh, we're going up to Erie, so it's about an hour, 15, hour and a half. Okay. Um, but yeah, I like I had to message the store. I was like, hey, what's the prize pool like for this? Yeah. Um, they're doing it in store credit. Okay. It's like $20 entry, and they're capping it at 48 people. Okay. So... If it does hit cap, that is a small six round. Yeah. So go four and oh into a field that's probably not going to be that strong, make top eight, and then just rattle off three in a row. One and done, let's go. Yeah. I mean, that's the goal, right? Yeah. Literally at that, at max, you have a one in 48 chance. And it's like, okay, cool. As compared to going to a shop that can, you know, maybe doesn't cap it or caps it like a hundred and something. It's like Jesus. What are you mm-hmm. gonna? I mean, you're still gonna go and play, but like, goddamn. Yeah, especially since like crazy. a lot of those bigger RCQs, like they're combining them with like two Ks or I saw one. I think that was like a five K. Yeah, and it's they're bringing in as many people as they can for these events. So. If your goal is to go to these tournaments, have fun, maybe make some money, yeah, be my guest. Go to these bigger ones and just see if you can spike one. But I'm much more inclined to hit the small ones because it doesn't matter if you won the 40-person RCQ to get to Atlanta or you won the 200-person one. If I can knock it out this weekend, yeah, I'm I'm good. Yeah. I don't have to play in the rest of this list of events. Fine by me. Yeah, no worries. <clears throat> no, I, I think absolutely. I think that's I mean, that's the dream, right? If you if your goal is to make it to Atlanta, then you knock get, it out the get first it done run. as quick as possible. Yeah, and then you then you got more time to sweat over your 75 or 95 or whatever you're gonna play and all that jazz, you know. Uh, I think one thing talking about going back to playing control and trying to figure out like how many of this card, because this card counters these decks and things like that. 
I think they've kind, at least in my eyes, it seems like they kind of helped you out recently with some of these cards that might have a different like modal to it. And I also like sitting here thinking of um, like you have March of the Otherworldly Light. Mm-hmm. Okay. If your portable holes aren't good in this matchup, well, you can pitch them to your March to help that, makes that, that cost a lot easier. better. Yeah. It's not, it's the card, it's not dead. It's like a half a card. Yeah. It, it's similar to how in Legacy, it's like, oh, how how bad can that card be in Delver? It pitches to Force of Will. Yeah. Like it's, it's the same thing in this, except it just pitches to my white spell and to my blue spell. Yeah, exactly. So I think things like that, and I remember, oh, I can't remember what the card was, but it was a, it was an Amonkhet or Hour of Devastation. It was like two and a blue. I think you could draw two or counter target spell. Like a oh, or something um, like that. two and a blue, Mana Leak something, or look at the top four, uh, Supreme yeah. Will. Yes. Yes. That card, I thought, because I played that literally just at like 90% as a, I'm going to look at the top four and yep. do my shit here. But as a backup, oh, yeah, hey, counter you know, and kind of see what's going on with that. It's very um, similar to how I use sensor and blue eye control. For it's sure. Like, yeah, most of the time it's just gonna be blue. Draw a card. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh and then I don't think you deal with anything that uh like cares about like cards in graveyard, right? Um so I play memory deluge okay. which sure it's three out of my 80 um but if it's in my graveyard most of the time i've resolved it once anyway i'm up two cards mm-hmm. or up a card um so if i'm flashing it back yeah usually i should just win the game because i was able to tap out with seven mana yeah um but like i'm playing farewell so if i have to exile graveyards sure i got yeah. rid of my memory deluge yeah i'm not too worse. sad about it yeah i got you well, that's, I think it's I, I think it's a solid pick. I think, you know, with how you play as well, I think it's pretty good. Um yeah, I don't I don't think it's a bad idea, especially if you're thinking it's gonna be a little soft. Cause yeah, like it's if they didn't really advertise it at all, I mean Shit, I feel like you're gonna we're gonna get updates from you, and you're like, yeah, there's 20 people here. Oh god, if they're in 20 chance, that'd be nice. Yeah, I mean, I don't I'll get that lucky because when yeah. I was looking on their website, uh, because they did cap it at 48. Um, when I looked the other day, it was like 25 left. So oh, okay, yeah. So they were selling tickets to it. Yeah. All right, that's Actually, fine. I should remember so, to sign up for that. Yeah, you probably should. Make sure you do it now while, you're, while we're talking about it, yeah. or else uh, next episode's gonna be like, Well, so I was gonna drive out to this thing, and then but then I forgot. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, again, I think it's I think it's solid, I don't see it uh going that wrong for you, so but yeah, and then the other, the other things I've been working on though, too for legacy we've got another buffalo chicken dip coming up yes we do so i know i am playing something that i haven't played in a paper tournament in about five years but you already know what you're on i already know what i'm on i just need to figure out in like a week and a half Uh, two and a half weeks um so it's on the 16th um but i am going to be playing 12 post so I shouldn't play lands because I'm 100% would play against you. Probably. <laughs> uh, I, just think, I think 12 posts is just very well positioned right now. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those decks where if you know what you're doing with it, you can weasel your way out of situations that you have no right to win. Should I just play Delver? The... 
Like, the spike in me is saying yes. The friend of, in me is saying, <laughs> don't do that to yourself. Because <laughs> uh, I know you're not going to like it. Uh, I mean, if it was the Is It Delver from like a year and a half, two years ago, I, I, I was actively like trying to build towards that. I thought mm-hmm. it was cool playing um, Price of Progresses and stuff. I thought it was super sweet, but... You can still play Price of Progress. I mean, hell, you could just play Burn if you really wanted to. Could, yeah. I don't have all my mountains back yet. I, I got yeah, to flex on people. <laughs> uh, I mean, I was leaning towards lands. I pro- like, I'm probably still leaning towards it. I finished Death and Taxes, I feel like, for the most part. I might miss a card or two. Mm-hmm. Quickly looking through this list, I believe I have it all, though. And if you don't, I can hand you my 95. Yeah. Uh, there might be one or two cards in the sideboards that I would already be trying to pick up anyway. Yeah. Council's Judgment and shit like that. So I could, but going to an event like that, and like ripping the band-aid off and trying to play death in Texas is probably not correct. So I'm probably just playing lands. Like the straight red green version? Uh probably. I have seen eight malt still rolling around. Mm-hmm. Uh and I I guess that would be my question. Do I do I run eight mulch or do I just do uh the red green? I mean, if we're being honest. Neither is a bad choice. Yeah. It just basically comes down to what do you want to lose to more? Yeah. Like, I feel like 8 Mulch is definitely the more explosive version. Mm-hmm. But do you want to have the backup plan of Saga? <clears throat> yeah. Saga's, I mean, Saga's super dope. It's such a good card. So, I don't, I, some of the lists now are running, the red green lists are running one field. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so playing eight mulch for, I mean, I'm going to say as long as I did for playing it for a few weeks, um, it, I only really saw it like explode like twice. Mm-hmm. for like the crazy like oh yeah here's eight zombies and I'm a turn 20 yeah like yeah. um so that uh, i mean not that that's gonna like stop me because i was doing pretty well with it too um so i i don't know and i i think like trying to guess the meta or something it's just it's literally impossible because people can play whatever the hell they want mm-hmm so i mean i i could tickle your fancy a little bit here too and point out the fact that there was a legacy challenge that was uh had a enchantress deck in third place yeah i already looked at it (laughs) do you like the uh one last ride kind of a thing yeah just take it out one more time before you uh, retire the old girl well i mean if we're looking at things that are a little little crazy too there was another challenge that had hammer time get third place in legacy so all right we're scrolling down to that one let's find this (laughs) it's by crusher bot bg if you look into the side he Found also it. just got a 4-0 with it and something else so this is yeah this literally just looks like the modern deck except add mox opal add mox opal Retrofitter. add retrofitter foundry jitte sure <laughs> oh my god and caracas and i'm just getting play ancient then so it's nice oh my god <laughs> i mean i'll be honest I don't hate it. Dude. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> I I this might be something I play tonight. <laughs> I really enjoyed playing Hammer Time. 
Oh god. Like Esper Sentinel is just gas in this format too, because yeah. everybody is playing one drops that they really don't want to pay two for. Yeah. Son of a bitch, Crusher Bot BG. Got him. There's also the same challenge that was won by Death Shadow. So I don't know what was going on for that event. Something fun. True. <clears throat> yeah, there was one. Is it Delver in the top eight? Death Shadow. Containment what's... Construct Combo. Hogak. What the fuck? Dude, this. this? Okay, there's a Grixis Stifle Knot deck in ninth place, too. This is a legacy challenge I can get behind. Oh my God. Yeah, people, like, they all contacted each other. They're like, guys, we're just going to have fun. Yeah. All right. This is what we're doing. Yeah. So this is the one from <laughs> Sunday. I hadn't seen these lists yet. Oh, and man. oh my goodness. Is a marinara taxes? Like that that's a deck that I kind of want to put together all the way, but I don't want to get another couple plateaus. I'm already looking to move my duels. Uh um... Bomberman, oops all spells. Jeez. Is this <sighs> just Esper Stoneblade? What the hell? Oh, it's not even Esper Stoneblade, it's just Esper Midrange. Oh god, these are also spicy and I love it. Oh, there is a also paradigm play... shift deck. Dude, you also get to play ancient dance. Yeah. <laughs> so you can have your Urza Saga go get an Ancient then? Oh no, because it has to have no, zero. It has to be the zero. Damn, the that would be too good. No, you just get a Moxel. Who cares? I mean, that's fair. Wait. Okay, this this Paradigm Shift deck was that in that challenge? It was 29th place. It went three and three. What was but, going on in this challenge? Dude, I don't know what is going on in Legacy on Moto anymore, but I need to take a Sunday and just win one of these things because this is the kind of jank people are playing. Like, don't get me wrong. I enjoy a good jank pile. But starting with four copies of Paradigm Shift and three Thought Lash in your deck is not exactly where I would start. Well, I remember looking at getting trying to get all the merfolk stuff because they were running that mm. because then you also run thassa's order because it's just randomly a merfolk mm -hmm. i know uh yeah. our buddy ramos has been looking to pick up all the merfolk stuff he's missing yeah he was talking about that and i was like i mean do you like do you really have all that stuff? He just started naming things. I'm like, yeah, I guess you do. Sorry. <laughs> but it's like, that's the thing about Merfolk. It's like, other than the actual fish, the deck is just like other good cards. Yeah. It, it's, it's forces, like, it's vials, it's wastelands, it's yeah. beautiful. It's like a bunch of random crap that you just probably have laying around. Absolutely. Uh, well, basically, I'm going to ask you to use some play points and run hammer time and legacy and give me an honest opinion because i might just say fuck it and play that i'll suffer through one for you because holy crap i i really enjoyed playing that deck and i've been debating building it because i was borrowing it i'm debating mm -hmm. building it but i'm like when am i playing modern because i just haven't lately yeah um oh man I think that could be super fun. But this is just a mono white version. So I guess I think mono white, I mean, still, it's just good. It's like, I almost want to just like jam the blue splash, but so you can't really play force of will because you know, you don't have enough slots. What's but you can difference? still just play Teferi. Yeah. Right. Because you can play Teferi on turn two because you have Mox Opal. It's 
So we look at hammer time, we're comparing. Because you get to run reality chip then. Yeah. Which reality chip is a lot better when you're running less land because you're running Mox Opal. Yeah. And then you can run... I mean, Lavinia is pretty good too. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine playing against eight casts and you just go turn one Lavinia pass. Yeah. And your opponent's looking at their hand of like three bottles and then things that don't do anything. Yeah. It's like, huh. I think we're dead. Are we are we figuring this out? Are we, uh, I are think we, we're figuring this out. Are we figuring this out? All right. I'm down with that. <laughs> this could be a lot of fun. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, well. I think I'm going to look at this, and if not, I mean, I can play lands. I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. When, when your backup plan is play lands, I think you're in a decent spot. Lands. I could, I mean, I could even fuck around with uh, goblins if I wanted to. Just hmm. depends on how much I want to think. Both those decks think. So, I don't know. I'll figure it out. We got some time. Yeah. Got two and a half weeks. What's the worst we'll that have, could happen? We'll have one more one more episode before that. So you can uh, still hear me not know what I'm going to play. <laughs> well, and I figure at worst, we're going down to Columbus. We can chill down there, play some Legacy, even if it's bad Legacy. That's right. And then I discovered something about... Uh, about Columbus the other day that I need to take full advantage of. Have you ever heard of Torchy's Tacos? Yes. There's there's one opening in Polaris. Ooh. So I know where I'm going for food. Whether you guys want to go with me or not is up to you. But I'm going to Torchy's. Man, Torchy's Chewy's is really good too. It is. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I'll make it work. Yeah, because like the <laughs> my sister, she lives down in Austin, Texas, and she knows that I've always wanted to go to Torchies because yeah. like, I, I used to watch a lot of content from people from down in Austin. And they would always talk about it, and she sent me a bottle of their Diablo hot sauce when my parents came back or went down to visit her. Mm-hmm. And so she sent back a bottle of hot sauce for me. And I've been using this on like burgers, sandwiches, like chicken, anything like, and it's so good. (laughs) And then she sent me another two bottles of it for Christmas. Oh God. Perfect. So I am, I am a huge fan of Torchies and I've never eaten there. (laughs) Already. You're just already. Yeah, I'm in. Let's go. Awesome. Perfect. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think it'll be a good time no matter what we play. Absolutely. Yeah, but I'm just happy to be there. Exactly. Finally get down there, talk some other legacy with people. Be cool. Yeah, just get to getting to play the format that we spent this money on. Even though There's we always use fake cards. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I actually... <laughs> I actually ordered proxies for every single card in my deck just so I didn't have to worry about it. There you go. Yeah. <clears throat> I'd so, have to figure something out depending on this. I think, I mean, I got a buddy that has the rest of this stuff, so I can make you, it work. You could be handed the 75. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah, I'd be okay. But I'm looking at this goblins list now that has a bunch of one-ups and... Uh, we're going to spend some time looking over that. Just be careful to, when you're going near that rabbit hole. Yeah, I know. I need to get some twin shot snipers because I didn't realize it was a goblin. It's a goblin? Yeah. I did not know that. It's a goblin archer. It's like, I, I didn't even think about that because like it's an artifact creature, so I didn't think it would be a goblin. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's bad. Like, well, we're going to get some of those now. <laughs> oh, I wish you luck going forward, Dom. Well, you know, it's okay. I already got my hearses and everything, so it's fine. 
Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I guess before we continue going down this path. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, it's probably time for us to wrap it up for the day. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, so from both of us here and from the one of us not here at the pregame effect, you'll have a good rest of the night. See you.